family and welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving don't forget to follow me on facebook at caregiving is a ministry all one word today we're going to be in the book of hosea and we're going to be in the second chapter the 19th and 20th verses i'm going to read two different versions so we're going to start out with the new american standard bible and it reads i will betroth you to me forever Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in favor and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, then you will know the Lord. The message reads, And then I'll marry you for good, forever. I'll marry you true and proper in love and tenderness. Yes, I'll marry you and neither leave you nor let you go. You'll know me, God, for who I really am. Is this not the ultimate marriage proposal? (laughs) I think so. God, the God of the universe, wants to marry his creations. You and me. It's unbelievable, unimaginable, but that's what God desires. I think this passage ties really nicely with yesterday's episode where we discussed the importance of trusting God for who he is. David asked in that psalm, what was it, Psalms 28 and 5, to, for the Lord to teach him. To me, this passage shows that when we unite with God and enter into a covenant with him, then he makes himself known to us. And that is when and where the learning takes place. Once again, the intimacy with God. And just as with the marriage, we must do our part as partners in making time for our Lord and creating a space for him to engage in dialogue. And as you're engaging in dialogue, you know, you're noticing what's going around, what's going on around you with other believers. And sometimes God allows some children to do some things and others not to do other things. But you don't know unless you ask, unless you're in a relationship with him where you can hear him clearly directing your steps. And sometimes it may appear as if he's showing favoritism, but he's not. He doesn't favor anyone per se. What he favors is his word. And those who are faithful to his word, he is faithful to. So I want us to go back to our dear friend Peter and the jealousy that he had between or that he had with John. I don't know if John was jealous of Peter, but in the scriptures, I think it's pretty obvious that Peter was jealous of John. You know, John describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Pretty arrogant, don't you think? Yet within that statement, I find confidence. John was confident where he stood with Jesus. He knew Jesus loved him. He was secure in that relationship. Are you secure in your relationship with Jesus? I'll let you think about that for a second. So we find that there is security in his statement. Second, I think we must remember that John was the one who was at the foot of the cross with Jesus. John didn't run. And could this be an indication of the intimacy that they had? That's another indication for me 
Of course, Jesus was intimate with Peter. He was intimate with James. And there was an intimacy that he had with his disciples. But you see how that there was varying degrees. There was the multitude, the people who saw Jesus and came to Jesus to get his miracles, to see what he he did, almost like going to a show. Then there were the brethren, a smaller group who kind of followed Jesus around. They were learning of him. Then there were the 12 disciples who were close to Jesus. And then there were Peter, James, and John, right? All had a sense of intimacy. But yet John describes himself as the one Jesus loved. Jesus loved all of his disciples. But even though John was the disciple whom Jesus loved, and John recognized who that it was Peter who was chosen to lead the movement that became Christianity. And that goes back to God calls us to do different things. When you draw close to the Lord, you become close in your relationship with him. And you aren't insecure by questioning where you, you know, whether you're saved or if God is mad at you or if you've lost your salvation. No, you know who you are. And you know from this passage that he isn't going anywhere, that he is going to be there with you. All of us, as his children, he has given us all different missions for us to do. And so that's another reason why we aren't supposed to look to the left and to the right of what someone else is doing, because God has a special mission for them. And we already spoke about how, you know, Peter was like, well, what's going to happen to John? And Jesus is like, that's none of your business. I, I know what I have tasked John to do. I know what I'm tasking you to do. Our responsibility is for us to be in tuned with our Lord so that he hears, so that we hear his instruction to us. And, you know, those marriages that have lasted the test of time, the couples know each other because they've gone through experiences together. You too, in your life's journey, have and will continue to go through things. But are you partner with Jesus as you're going through your life's journey? Or have you left him somewhere um, to return to get him when you quote unquote need him? See, I suspect that a lot of us have accepted God's, that, that a lot of us haven't accepted God's marriage proposal. And I'm not speaking about whether you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. No, I'm speaking to the body of believers who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but they haven't fully surrendered in making him Lord. They haven't really entered the covenant, the marriage covenant. What they're doing is they're dating Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus doesn't want to be dated. He wants a solid marriage commitment from you. He wants a total surrender of you to him. To accept him as your savior and then to make him Lord of your life. So stop playing around with the Lord. And, and, and really have a conversation with yourself to see, are you, are you in this covenant with him or are you kind of dating him? It's only when you're in the committed relationship with him that you really learn who he is, that you learn just how good he is. You experience life with him and his faithfulness to you will shine through you. Therefore, when a season such as caregiving comes your way, you can trust 
and wait for his direction without hesitation or frustration or confusion because you will know that you are the one he loves. Let's pray. We thank you, God, for being good. And we always thank you for being good because we don't want to forget the fact that you are good. And today we learned that you want total commitment from us, that you want to enter into a marriage with us. It blows our minds how much you want to be involved in our lives and how much you love us, that you want to gather us into your own and provide for us and allow us to get to know you. Forgive us for trying to date you, Lord. Help us to get to the point where we really accept your marriage proposal and allow you to move in our lives so that we can gain that intimacy in knowing who you are so that when the storms of life come about, that they do not toss us, that we don't get worried or discouraged, but that we are secure that you, are God, are with us and we can wait patiently with you as you go with us through the storm. We love you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, my precious caregivers out there, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye. Thank you.